Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. This flyover ministry. We are at the end of the month as we talk about bivocational ministry. And Jordan, I have been appreciative of the conversations and even, yes, the side trails that we have gone down as we've talked about this and um, avoiding buses as best you can. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what it looks like, uh, the potential shift towards bivocational ministry. Maybe you are a leader at this point who has gone through these episodes and are, are now just saying, okay, now what? What do I do? How do I start moving in this direction? I feel that this is maybe something I want to consider, that maybe this is something that is beneficial for our ministry. How in the world do I start? Dan and Jordan, any advice that you might have? So Jordan, what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to step towards bivocational ministry or working uh, at a different place for additional sources of income. Yeah, I, I think one of the primary things that you're going to have to do is just, we mentioned prioritize priorities earlier, and I want to just touch on that again. Um, and this goes back to even being consistent with what we've said much earlier, knowing the why. Um, so first off, are you doing this because your family needs it? Um because sometimes, if we're honest, we've got different understandings of needs versus wants, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's something to think through. Like, what is most needed right now? Like, if you're not being able to make your electric payments or something like that, this is a necessity. If you're drowning in debt, you need to get out. This is this is something that's good to think through. Um, but maybe you're on the fence. Maybe this is kind of like, you know, it'd be nice, but I don't really know. Um, my, my follow-up question would be, do you need that? more than your family needs you um mm, again talking yeah. through the time and that's something we want to recognize and and what stage of life your family's in uh is huge and what you try to choose to do as a family so for us uh we're we're homeschooling our kids which means i've got a 10 8 6 4 2 and almost born year old at home um they're not gone during the day so me being out later uh, is putting a lot more strain on my wife. So I want to be very cognizant of that and say it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, it's just, you know, the kids are away. There's nothing really to do. I'll, I'll pick up something on the side to make this more profitable. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's that kind of evaluation to take place. Um, and I think it's helpful. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's also something that needs to be reevaluated somewhat regularly. Um, the struggle for me is that the other things I'm involved with are also fairly ministry related. And so I feel like kind of more kingdom pressure. Like I just really want to serve and I feel like this is impactful. So, um, but I still have to ask, is this more important than, than like, are my kids missing me too much? Um, and that's something that I've given my wife freedom to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to ask you before I take a subbing position. Is this okay? And you have the freedom to say no. And I might disagree, but, I will honor that. And there have been a few times, um, not a whole bunch, but there's a few times where she said, I really think that we could use you at home. And so, you know, I, I try to honor that. And, and that's just a way of, of 
prioritizing my wife and my family above just the finance that's there. Because uh, let's be honest, um, scripture warns us that the love of money is the root of all evil. And, and what we do to, to pursue money, um, can be, can be kind of a tempting trap that we want Mm -hmm. to be aware of. Yeah. The invitation to check your budget. Are you living within your means? How many subscription boxes do you actually need? Maybe you could pass off on some of those. Uh, I'm thinking of people here as well as that listen to this that maybe aren't in the same stage of life as we are. Uh, Maybe you're just getting into this and you are single and you don't have kids. Or maybe it's uh, you and your recently married spouse uh, when kids aren't in the picture, right? So uh, the perspective... What's that? Or empty nesters. Or maybe you're empty nesters, right? What does your stage of life allow you? Um, There's value in receiving Sabbath, right? To be not always always running and running and running and running, but to be able to actually exhale and to be able to enjoy life. And maybe the things that you're trying to do uh, as a side gig are things that you would enjoy, right? Like uh, we, I enjoy woodworking. I enjoy just having... uh, something to do where I can actually work with my hands and actually see the results of that work um, pretty immediately, right? Kind of nice to have contrasting ministry where you can work and not see any results for uh, a good long while. But I enjoy that, right? But there's eventually going to be a time where if I got too much into woodworking and all of that pressure where all of a sudden I need to make a, a choice here, I've put too much into this and I have to decide between this and something else. Or I have to decide between, do I want to do this or the ministry? And, um, you know, eventually I think you can focus on things that you enjoy so much that eventually they just aren't enjoyable anymore. So you want to make sure you have the right perspective as you charge into this. But um, I think especially as well to share your vision for, again, like you said, Jordan, that why behind uh, the ministry and what you do really... um, really just drives home the point of sharing that with the people you're doing ministry with so that you're not alone. Uh, You're not an island out here saying, I want to head this way. And people are saying, okay, that's great. See you later. Uh, You want to be wise and discerning in bringing others along that road with you. And, you know, when you bring others along with you, uh, that tends to be a lot slower (laughs) than just going by yourself. And, you know, with the input and advice of others, you may find out that where you wanted to head wasn't exactly where God was calling you to be. So the idea here is to involve as many others as you can, but you want to make sure that you're involving the right others as well. Not just everybody in the congregation, but as you start looking at bivocational ministry, knowing who to to approach. And we talked about this uh, in previous episodes as well. Where do you start? What does this look like? So um, there's a little bit here where Jordan and I, we're going to sh- share uh, about our conversations as we've talked to our church about our um, other sources of employment. And I'm going to stop talking and let Jordan kick us off with this. So Jordan, sure. as you uh, approached the church uh, in Ishpeming about being uh, the training coordinator, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so and this kind of came in a couple stages. Um First off, I was in a different congregation and was presented with the opportunity to serve on the AFLC Youth Board. And so, uh, were you in Gilo when that happened? 
I was in Beulah when I got on the youth board. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was um, I was on the youth board for just shy of ten years. So I almost filled out my terms, but then got employed. So I got kicked off the board to take the job from the board, which was a weird kind of exchange. But anyways, um, so that was a conversation with them, just like, hey, this is an opportunity to serve our association. Are you okay if I do this in addition to what I do here? Um, this is the responsibilities and, you know, some travel requirements and things like that. And I had the congregation's blessing. Um, so then when I was in Ishpeming here, and then that transition from uh, youth board to youth ministries employee as a training coordinator happened, it was kind of the same car- same conversation. I had come here knowing that I was like, they knew I was on the board, that there were some of those requirements and such. So that aspect was kind of already in place. Um, so it was a little bit different transition and the conversation, uh, was just like seeking permission. This, there's this shift that I'd like to do and I wanted their, their blessing and I I received it. It was, it was fine. No big deals. Um, and this is something that's interesting about congregational ministry is Mm -hmm. because conversations are not something you have just once you need to have it ongoing. And the reality of church ministry is that boards change. And so the first board that I presented this to um, was fine. And then as I was doing it, other board members after elections came on and it wasn't fine anymore. Like there Mm. was some of that tension about, we don't think you're doing what we're paying you to do. You know, we think you're focused someplace else. And again, it's that conversation about um, communication. That's something that I've been growing in and just even... Uh, so most recently it's been putting together a quarterly newsletter of just here is some things that we've been doing in youth group, getting s- interviews from students and stuff like that um, to highlight some of those things. So that's an important piece too. Like you need to communicate really well what you're doing and be able to show like I'm still meeting these requirements within the the time that I've been devoting to this, right? So, so that 40-hour conversation is significant because I need to be able to say like I've been doing 40 hours and I could still say that I've, I've put in more than that. Um, and I'm, and so if I'm not getting other things done, it's not because I'm distracted. It's just because there's sometimes too much at one time to get all those check boxes ticked in this particular season. Um, so that's, that's significant too. And then with the substituting, that also was a conversation because we had to walk through, okay, so my heart behind it really primarily has been, this gets me into the schools. I get to learn who the kids are talking about when they're talking about their friends and their teachers. Um, I get to see the kids in school and uh, the conversations aren't always super vast or anything, but I'm also seeing like the culture. What are, what's going on in the schools that our kids are going to? What is, what is the experience like? What kind of classroom settings are they having? Is like, is bullying as big of a deal that I'm hearing about all the time or is it maybe blown up or is it maybe underreported? Um, are our kids involved in that? You know, so there's so many different elements to it that's directly connected to ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's that financial piece where there's money connected to it. And like you said, money can make people mm. do weird things. And so, you know, somebody might say, well, if you're doing this on the church's time, is that money the church's? Or is it yours? Yeah. Or are you double dipping, you know? Or are you doing this on your own time? So I've had the conversation where the vast majority of my substituting is on my time one of my two days off that i get during the week you know i try to prioritize maybe one day a week that i'll sub 
Um, and that rotates depending on, you know, my training coordinator day. If I, if I take a full day uh, doing those calls, I won't sub that week because I've put the time in with the training coordinator stuff. So it's knowing these conversations or these, this breakdown of time, being able to communicate that well. Uh, and it's going to be ongoing conversations too. Um, and, and perceptions and even sharing the results. And so at our last council meeting, I was able to say that I understand that there's some, some confusion or maybe discontentedness with me saying that I'm partnering with the schools in this way. But when we had a middle schooler commit suicide last spring, I was able to go into the place where the school and the kids were at the community center uh, or the church that opened itself up. I knew the teachers. I was able to talk to the teachers, ask how they were doing. I knew several of the students and I was, I was recognized by them too. So yes, we may not have like double enrollment in youth group, but there's still fruitfulness to these connections that are being made. Um, so communication is going to be a huge thing as you start this process and, and being clear in your intentions. Um, that's been my experience with those two different things. Uh, and I anticipate more conversations to come as I continue <laughs> in these things. Um, but I know that that's just one particular congregational context. I know you had a little bit of story too when you were looking at substitute teaching uh, in your area. So what was what was maybe similar or what was different about that experience in your congregation? Yeah, uh, the conversations that we had uh, when I was looking at uh, the networking coordinator position, uh, I knew that this was a position that was uh, I was being considered for, and I brought it up to our uh, our church councils because again, remember this is three churches, not just uh, one church, three campuses. There are three individual congregation councils to uh, to talk to. And when I mentioned that to them, they were uh, very excited and intrigued about. Uh, just kind of the insights that I would be able to glean from where other churches were at, uh, what they were doing in ministry, and maybe uh, to view that as an opportunity or even as a <laughs> borrowing somebody's brain for brainstorming uh, different ideas for us to pursue. So the congregations uh, willing to see me invest in our church body, uh, in our youth ministry department, seeing a, a greater connection in that way. Uh, but also seeing as well the opportunity for them to receive some fruitfulness uh, and potential ministry opportunities uh, in that regard as well. Uh, when it came to substitute teaching, I approached that, like I said, from the perspective of um, viewing that as a, a form of visitation for me. That was an expectation that the church had uh, for me as well. Uh, there were times uh, even pre-COVID where I was going to have lunch at the schools and the students were um, kind of wondering who I was and the kids that knew me uh, were wondering why I was there. Um, but being able to substitute has allowed me to be more present to see the students in different settings. Uh, but there was some hesitation on that. The initial hesitation that we had was because of the financial component attached to it was, are we not taking care of you enough? Uh, are we not supplying you with what you need? Are you not receiving a livable wage here? To which we were easily then able to say, it's not uh, a financial concern right now. It's easy for when you're looking at uh, shut-ins or empty nesters to be able to go and have lunch with them because their schedules are a lot more available. When it comes to incarnational ministry, you got to go to where people are. This is what Jesus does. And substituting is a form of that taking place where you are going to where the students are. Um, the opportunity as well was to go to a lot of their games during the night, but how many nights a week are you going to be gone from your family? 
you know, like we said, considering who, uh, where your family is at, what the needs are, I can't get to all of their games because there's a lot of students that we have that are at a lot of different schools and they're in a lot of different sports and other activities, right? Not just sports, but one act plays and speech and debate and student Congress and marching band and all of these other things that they can be involved in. How much, there, there's always something to do. Um, at, at what price tag do you want me to, to sacrifice here? And to be able to, uh, I think, discernfully and humbly say that I'm not going to do this. Uh, as much as I enjoy watching our students play uh, sports and be involved in activities, and as much as I enjoy doing that and even bringing my family to some of those games and activities, I need time at home with my family. You know, I'm already taking uh, our midweek ministry to do confirmation and youth group. Um, that's already one night a week. And some nights there, uh, for a while, there was uh, a men's Bible study that we were doing, like a, a 20 to 30-somethings we were doing a men's Bible study. And that was helpful and great, and I appreciated doing it. But already that's two nights a week that you're gone. Are you going to add a third night to that? So that was family-wise something that I had to consider. So there was some other hoops as well. Uh, are we taking care of you was a big one. Uh, at what point are we um, sacrificing too much of your time here? They were afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get done what they expected me to do. Uh, so even now, between now and I think we set a date for sometime in March, it might even be around Easter, where we sit down as a council and say, has Dan substituting at these schools taken away from his ministry here? Is it impacting what he does at our church in a negative way? So even now on a trial basis, uh, I have been able to report back to our, our church councils after I finish substituting to be able to say, this has worked really well. Uh, things have turned out really well today. It was a good day, uh, able to enjoy and make connections with teachers, a handful of our students, uh, the students that are already at our church saw me and acknowledged that I acknowledged my presence, which is kind of a big deal when they are a little embarrassed when they see me. Um, but yeah, it, it was a complicated conversation that is still, like we've said, is ongoing uh, on this trial basis. What if you are feeling called to step away from having multiple sources of income into uh, maybe paring down where you're employed to maybe one or two locations? Uh, yeah, I don't know how much that changes. I mean, that, that simplifies the process because then there's less competition for scheduling and stuff like that. But I think anytime you're dividing your attention, you're going to have some of these similar tensions. Um, mm -hmm. I think a bigger shift might be if you're able to go from part-time in two different places to full-time in one place. And, you know, there is something to think about that too. Uh, it might be towards a ministry where the congregation is at a place where they can take you on full time. And that mm -hmm. can be a huge blessing. I, I think of our friend Molly Barsness, who started as a volunteer, then got to part time and then eventually came to full time. And she was just thinking like, man, I could get so much done if I was full time. And so now she's able to enjoy that reality. And, and that frees you up to do a lot of different things. Um, but it, at the same time, someone could feel the call to maybe step away from ministry professionally still volunteer at, at a church, uh, but to take this position at, who knows, like maybe a local business has a spot that's really awesome. And you could you could be looking at that and say, my heart for ministry is the same, right? I could, I think there's a, a person I know 
um, and you would know him too, Ignacio Davalos, and and he was a youth worker for a while, um, was going to be a missionary in Haiti for a bit, and then stuff happened with Haiti, so then he came back, and he found himself working at a pizza place as a manager, and mm-hmm. and he's just like, yeah, how can I use this like as a source of ministry and stuff? And I was like, you know, having a place where students can go and know that they're cared for, like there there's so many opportunities you can have in that setting for impactful ministry. And, you know, we can see that too. Like there, there could be a blessing in that as well, um, where you're having both freeing up resources at the church. You're still involved with students' lives. Uh, your family might be better taken care of. And there's still that opportunity to volunteer at the church and be connected in the ministry there too. So the big thing is just going to be thinking that through before pulling the trigger, making sure you're getting wise counsel from others, um, talking to church leadership, especially if you're going to be stepping down, like, figuring out how to, to handle some of the transitions that are going to happen internally. You know, we want to be responsible in that. Uh, or if you're going on full-time at the congregation, drawing clear boundaries. Like, just because I'm going on full-time doesn't mean that necessarily you own my life, right? There's still areas that I'm going to be taking my rest. I'm going to be having my family's time. I'm going to be doing, you know, stuff for me. And, and as you know, having those boundaries in place can be really helpful, too. And, and even communicating, too, me going full-time doesn't mean the rest of the congregation can pull back, which sometimes is, is the thing uh, that happens. Um, so that's that's kind of what I would see looking at it, those kind of possibilities. Um, but I'm sure I missed some stuff, so you want to fill in some of the gaps? No, I just think uh, whichever direction you are... Yeah, I think whatever direction you wind up going on this, uh, it just still requires prayer and talking about it with whoever you are close to. If you are single, then uh, maybe you have people outside of the church that can help give you some insight. If you're married, that is an absolute must to talk about something like this with your spouse. And likely uh, that has, that those conversations with your spouse have led you to where you are at. But it does require prayer uh, as you consider trying to discern which direction you want to, to head in uh, paring down, moving away from bivocational ministry. And uh, even to go and move away from ministry, I, I think because of that ministry perspective where we look at ministry as being something honorable and worth investing in, and Jesus calls us to give up everything and to follow him, that doesn't mean uh, if you are stepping away, if you're feeling like this is a greater opportunity for me to do marketplace ministry instead of working full-time at a church, that doesn't mean that you're doing lesser caliber ministry. That just means it looks different for you. So uh, being prayerful in that, uh, acknowledging people who can hold you accountable and will help give you uh, sound advice, I think that's valuable. And, and to already be working towards surrounding yourself with those types of people if you haven't already. Yeah. And as our shameless plug, if you are in need of reaching out to some of those people, um, we would be honored if we would be a part of that group. If you have some ideas to think through, things that you want to process, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to us on any of our ways, whether it's Facebook or Gmail. Um, or, Instagram. or Instagram. Yep, that's not the one that I ever check, so I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure. If you want Dan, do Instagram and Gmail and Facebook. That's... <laughs> it, All right. it, almost, it almost rhymed. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, we, we'd love to process that with you too. And um, in, in all of to, this. Yeah. Go ahead. I'd love to hear um, different ways that you've seen people have uh, bivocational occupations as well. Like there were some that we've mentioned, but if there were others, I'd love to hear 
what people are are finding out there. Yeah, cool beans. So, um, praying for you as you consider what this looks like in your future, or if you have different opportunities that come up. We know that that can be uh, quite the thing to make your heart heavy for a while as you're trying to figure out which way to go. But know that the Lord knows the future, and the Lord is able to handle whatever you decide. And the big thing is just seek to honor him and follow him. And sometimes he gives you the chance to say, what do you want? And in those moments, it's okay to say, I think I want this. So, um, and again, as Dan said, I think that was really good words. Uh, Doing something outside of the congregational context is not lesser ministry. We need Christian business leaders. We need um, Christians in all these different areas, shining the light of Christ and and reaching out uh, to people that oftentimes church ministry kind of keeps you from. Um, so that's, that's awesome too, if that's where you're led, but either way, uh, we are grateful that we get to work together for the kingdom of the Lord. And we pray that you would be blessed as you go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to flyover ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at flyover ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.